Welcome to Poptopia. Welcome to Poptopia, your podcast for all things pop culture. I'm your host, Paul French, and it is Monday, January 22nd, 2007, back after a long hiatus. Hey, if prison break and lost can do it, so can I. Anyway, prison break, heroes, coming back tonight. Um, and also, take two steps forward if you were considered one of the best movies of last year. Not so fast, Son of the Mask. That's right, the Razzie nominations are out, and Son of the Mask has the most Razzie nods. Uh, and it's all about bad sequels and remakes in, uh, in the Razzies uh, for this year. And... Uh, but four of the five Worst Picture nominees are sequels or remakes, and Son of the Mask is the definite leader. Eight nominations, including Worst Actor uh, for Jamie Kennedy, and Worst Supporting Actor for Alan Cumming and Bob Hoskins. Um, other contenders for the title of Worst Picture are Deuce Bigelow, European Gigolo, uh, Dirty Love, starring Jenny McCarthy, uh, the TV version or the update of um, the Dukes of Hazard with Jessica Simpson and those and Stifler and um, the guy from Jackass and the horror remake of House of Wax. Apparently, not everybody enjoyed seeing uh, Paris Hilton get killed. Um, of course, the Razzies get announced the day before the Oscars, and this time around, it's going to be February 24th. Um, now this, this seems weird to me because I thought War of the Worlds was a good couple of years ago, but uh, Tom Cruise earned three three nom- Razzie nominations um, as Worst Actor for War of the Worlds and two of the five slots in a new Razzie's character for Most Tiresome Tabloid Targets. And, of course, we, we know where that all came from. Anyway, uh, Son of the Mask, um, of course, starred uh, Jamie Kennedy as a new father whose son is born with the... Uh, all the shape-shifting powers of the mask, if you remember the uh, the Jim Carrey version of the mask. And um, this is uh, definitely definitely a favorite for uh, for the Razzies. And... it just kills me. Uh, so, so that's that's what's going on. Those are the uh, the main uh, uh, nominations for the Razzies, and uh, just shows that uh, that I guess there's a reason to keep making bad movies because people are all up for it. Um, anyway, oh, and of course, can't uh, can't miss the fact that Paris Hilton also got two nomination two uh, nominations: one for supporting actress for House of Wax, and one for most tiresome tabloid target. So let's uh, let's see who gets those. They should air the Razzies on TV. That'd be awesome. I think actually Halle Berry a couple of years back uh, did accept her Razzie award for Catwoman. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I mentioned Heroes and Prison Break coming back tonight, and uh, really looking forward to that. It's been a long time without them, um, as I'm sure you've been saying about this show. But uh, a lot of the things going on with uh, with Heroes is uh, is moving some stories online, and uh, they're relaunching their website uh, today uh, with new interactive features, and this is going to coincide with a whole batch of new episodes that's coming out. Uh, of course, we had the Save the Cheerleader, Save the World section. Now we're on to the Are You on the List section, and uh, so this is going to really get into deepening the the mythos of Heroes, and also giving some additional content for internet and mobile applications. And for example things like a real-time two-screen application that plays out on the PC along with each episode um, and commentary from cast members set to streamed episodes and also some mobile content as well. So a whole lot going on there. But uh, the real question is going to be to see uh, how, how it does in the ratings. Um, you know, it, it's it's an interesting thing this year because there has been this whole sort of fall finale fascination over the last couple of years of breaking up seasons in that way. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see because it's never been quite as 
big a break as it has been this year. And you look at uh, Lost, for example, finishing up in November and not coming back until February. And uh, so they had Daybreak to take the space of that, and that didn't work out so well. Uh, Daybreak, in fact, is moving online, so if you want to catch the remaining episodes of that, uh, you'll be able to catch them on NBC.com uh, or ABC... <laughs> NBC.com. Probably not. Uh, no, it'll be on ABC.com, uh, of course, it being an ABC show. Way to go, Paul. Um, anyway, uh, see, it's the B, the C, interchangeable letters at the beginning. But the whole point being, they've moved the episodes online because the show did not do well um, in in its uh, televised form, and uh, at least this way you get some closure to the storyline, although i got to admit, I'm kind of indifferent to it. Speaking of indifference, I'm, I'm getting that kind of feeling with with Lost and with uh, Veronica Mars has been off the off for for ages. Um, you know, it's been it's been a good month or two uh, since since we saw a new episode of that, and it's it's interesting sort of to see what kind of attrition there is on, on these shows where it's just you know is it coming on again? I don't know when. Of course, Veronica Mars starts again tomorrow, but I actually thought it was starting earlier in January, and we were all ready to watch it, and it's oh repeat. Um, so you know, it almost ends up with: Are they really beating what they were what they were complaining about last year? Because the whole complaint last year was, you know, you had shows, especially Lost, where they wanted to have it airing in all of the key uh, sweeps periods, and what was happening is they were, you know, three episodes rerun, 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 two episodes rerun, 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 rerun episode, you know, that kind of thing. And so people were just, you know, is it a new show or not? There was even a website for Lost that was, is Lost New Tonight? And I can't remember what the exact uh, link, but it was something like islostnewtonight.com. And you would go to it and it would either say yes or no. And, um, you know, it, it ended up with a lot of people being sort of irritated. And so you, so you kind of got that little bit of attrition in that way with people saying, I, I don't know if it's new or not. Oh, I missed it. Okay, well, I'm going to just quit watching because I, I don't know if it's new or not. So they decided to do this, this break because they didn't want to leave it. They had two options. Run it from January to May, uh, much like 24 has done the last few years, and, and quite successfully, uh, I might add. Um, and, I mean, NYPD Blue did this years ago where they did sort of January to May, all new episodes, no reruns straight through, that kind of thing. And so they've got that option. But the whole thing was they didn't want to uh, leave it that long between the season finale and the season premiere because it would have been, you know, six or seven months. And they thought people would just have a fit about that. Well, you know... 24 ended on a pretty big cliffhanger, and uh, and they managed to survive that way. So so I think I wonder if people are going to be more tolerant of that and getting the whole show in one shot than, uh, than than vice versa. So again, it'll be very interesting to see. Certainly, um, the big the big one to watch will be Lost uh, to see what happens with that when it comes back in February, and uh, to see whether or not they are able to to retain the significant uh, ratings that they've had. And uh, and continue, you know because basically the producers are making a big deal about saying to NBC we want to set an end date for this because we don't want it to sort of go on and you know they gave the example of with Twin Peaks you know once you know who killed Laura Palmer the show is done and yes brilliant and so what they want to do is uh, because the, you know Damon Lindelof had talked in the past about how they pretty much had a four season plan you know four seasons ended with a movie kind of thing and uh, and that was it. And uh, and a couple of years ago, he was saying, you know, at some point we we may have to walk away from it and leave it in their hands. But they've gone to ABC and said, you know what, we want to uh, 
to put an end to it in, in our time so so they can actually set sort of a, hey, you know, at the end of season five, it's done. Or the end of season four, it's done. Whatever, and so that's kind of uh, kind of the route they're taking. And so it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, this was, of course, announced at the uh, at the press tours at the beginning of this month, and uh, it'll be interesting to see sort of how that all pans out. Um, so looking over at uh, Fox, they're shaking up their mid-season schedule. Of course, uh, the juggernaut that is American Idol remains the centerpiece. Um, but they've got a whole lot of new shows coming out, including Drive by uh, Tim Minear. I'm looking forward to that one. Um, start, there's, there's a lot of you know ex-Firefly and uh, and Buffyverse people in there, so it'll be kind of cool. Uh, but through March and April, Fox is going to launch Drive, The Winner, The Wedding Bells, and move uh, the shows uh, Till Death, which is the Brad Garrett vehicle, and uh, Standoff in the War at Home. Actually, I thought Standoff had been cancelled. Who knew? All right. Uh, so... Basically, the first one is the winner, and this is Rob Corddry, who uh, you may remember from The Daily Show, um, and it is uh, it is uh, produced and written by uh, Ricky Blit, who was a writer on The Family Guy, and uh, so March 4th, we'll see that one, we'll get two episodes uh, straight up for that, and... Um, and, and this is encouraging. Fox will burn through the rest of the episode order by showing the winner at 8.30 and 9.30 on three consecutive Sundays. There's a vote of confidence. Yeah, we're going to burn through that show. Yikes. Um, Sunday, of course, is uh, the home of uh, The War at Home uh, with uh, Michael Rappaport. And it started out on Sundays, had moved to Thursdays, but it's going to go back to Sundays. And it's getting a 7.30 time slot, so it'll be uh, the lead-in to The Simpsons. Uh, of course, David E. Kelly's romantic uh, comedy drama, The Wedding Bells, will be starting. Well, actually, it gets a great time slot. Wednesday, March 7th, right after American Idol. Um, now, this is all about uh, wedding planners. And, you know, it's uh, there's that whole real time with Marla Sokoloff, um, The Big Day. And I'm not sure how well that's doing, but uh, but I know I lost interest pretty quickly in it. Um, you know, it's one of those things where, where it seems that real time equals real slow. Um, the third new series, uh, Tim Minear's Drive, is held off to April. I think this happened with Wonderfalls as well. They got like a March start and got to air two episodes. So, hey, maybe we'll get a great DVD set of Drive. Uh, but it is uh, set to premiere in a two-night, three-hour event on Sunday, April 15th, Monday, April 16th. Um, and subsequent episodes will be in the Monday 8 p.m. slot leading into 24. That could be encouraging. I mean, it's uh, you know, it's a high-profile launch, uh, much actually very similar to the uh, to the, the four-hour uh, 24 launch that, a couple of weeks back. And of course, moving also moving in the spring is Till Death. This one was sitting on Thursday nights, but it's going to move to Wednesdays at 9:30, and also hopefully uh, manage to take a little bit of the draft of that uh, American Idol boost. And um, so it gets its very last uh, time slot on Thursday, where it's been just getting killed in the ratings. Um, and we'll move uh, to the post-idol slot on February 27th. Um, so so that's pretty much it. Of course, uh, you know, Thursday. Uh, Thursday's already lost a couple of the, the, their big shows. Well, not their big shows. Happy Hour was cancelled. I mean, that lasted, what, two episodes? Um, the OC is going to have its series finale in late February. Um, so what's going to go in there? Uh, well, they're looking at Hell's Kitchen and also bringing back The Loop, which came out last year. And it's got they've got 10 episodes filmed and no schedule slot. So it'll be interesting to see sort of what they put in on Thursdays. Um, 
to see if maybe they just concede the night or if they uh, if they come out with something strong. And you never know. You just never know. NBC's got a new uh, improv comedy slot, and this kind of goes in with their whole. I, I say that it, it, you know they were talking all about you know reality based programming because it's cheaper to produce, blah blah blah. Um, what they're doing is they're starting a new improv comedy series called "Thank God You're Here," and the whole idea is you've got a couple of um, of judges. Uh, well, you got basically the main judge is Dave Foley from Kids in the Hall. Um, and Dave, David Allen Greer is going to be the host. And essentially what's going to happen in each episode, an actor gets put in a costume and pushed through a door into a scene they know absolutely nothing about. They get greeted with the line, thank God you're here, and then they've got to react to whatever situation they, they've been thrown into. Uh, so in the pilot episode, we end up with Brian Cranston, uh, who you may, as re- may remember as Hal from Malcolm in the Middle, uh, Wayne Knight, Newman from Seinfeld, uh, Joel McHale from The Soup. I'm not familiar with him. Uh, Jennifer Coolidge, Stifler's mom, uh, who you may also remember from Best in Show, which means she's got the improv chops. And you also may remember her from Joey. She played uh, Joey's agent. Um, so that's, uh, that's I, I don't know, it should be interesting. I'm not, they haven't really set a... Um, uh, they haven't set a time slot for it, but it's going to come later this year, so it'll be probably a mid-season replacement. And uh, the whole idea being, uh, Craig Plastis, the head of alternative programming at NBC, said, this series is basically every adventurer's performer's dream, and we think that the viewers can vicariously enjoy how they respond to their unforeseen predicaments. It has a daring seat-of-your-pants feel, and that's proven to be a big hit in its original Australian version. And... Um, just thinking of the head of alternative programming, there was a thing on uh, Studio 60, also returns tonight, and um, I actually got to see it last night, and uh, there's a line where she talks about head of illiterate programming, because that's what a lot of the reality-based programming is. This stuff, though, alternative programming, this stuff, it, it, it's interesting. I mean, I, I remember enjoying when uh, Drew Carey did the Whose Line Is It Anyway. I just hope they know when to stop, because after a while, it kind of gets old, and so there, there we have it. Um, Smallville actually uh, managed to almost bring me back to the fold the other night. They had the Justice League, sort of. They had, you know, Green Arrow, The Flash, Cyborg, Aquaman, uh, along with uh, Clark. And it was it was, it was was kind of interesting, you know, to sort of bring all these characters back together as they've been sort of added over the last couple of seasons. And it's almost bringing me back around after the, the dreadful 100th episode which you'll remember I wasn't so crazy about. So so that's pretty much uh, you know what's going on TV-wise. Um, I'll have some movie reviews in the next episode, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to get back on a regular schedule. So that's all the time we got for today. Comments, as always, are welcome at poptopiapodcast at gmail.com. Send us an audio comment. I would love to play it, because then you won't have to listen to me yakking all the time. Thanks, and have a great week.